climbers, you have an enemy. And this enemy desperately wants to keep you from writing that next song. It's called The Resistance, and we're going to talk about it today. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need to make it happen in the new music industry. You have to prove that your art has value. You can't be waiting as a diamond in the rough to be plucked out of obscurity and made into some kind of songwriting star or artist superstar you're gonna have to start doing it yourself that's the bad news the good news is you don't need anybody's permission that's why we called it the climb c-l-i-m-b creating leverage in the music business that's a backronym for my good friend and co-host mr brent baxter brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady a joe nichols and more got a couple number ones in the last couple years on southern gospel so he's still making miracles happen and you can. Uh, what I love about Brent is if you're a songwriter, he reveals how to write like a pro songwriter, how to do business like a pro songwriter, and then on the regular, he gets you connected to the pros so that you can take that next step and start to monetize your songwriting. You can get with Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, you know, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams and blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, and Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D, what's up, my brother? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm I'm feeling attacked and under siege by a hidden enemy, and I want to kick uh-huh. his butt, and I want to help climbers kick its butt too. So, but really, I'm good. It. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, before <laughs> we get into that, let's take care of some business first. Yes. Um, we want you to join the climb community at Facebook. Uh, we have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. It's just a little step that we go through. Make sure you know the rules, where to put stuff. But this is singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians getting together, supporting one another. There's a lot of co-writes that have been created out of this community. There's a lot of promotion questions and cool stuff that's been happening that's come out of this community. And we, you need to be in it too, man. Um we like to talk about everything, like your wins, your gigs, all that stuff. Just got to do it in the right space. We let you color on the walls, but you got to pick the right room, right? To color wow. in. So we got any wins that we want to talk about this week? Oh, we sure do. Let's see here. We got a lot of comments. So let me just pull up all the comments here. So yeah, every Wednesday in, uh, in the climb community, we post the uh, new heights. And so we, this is where we encourage you to share your, your wins for the week so we can sh- celebrate with you. Simple as that. Let's see here. Tracy Paw says it's a it's a biggie small. It's a biggie small. But I have noticed growth in my writing based on feedback and song reviews. Less about structure and rhyme scheme, but there's still a ways to go. <laughs> uh, and more about connectivity and progressing the storyline by taking less obvious avenues. I'll take that as a small victory. Thanks, Brent Baxter. Well, you're welcome, Tracy. So yes, yeah, she's been in a lot of song feedbacks, and so I've been diving into her songs with her, which is fun. Um, let's see. Heather Carter Climber says. More co-write set up for this month than I've ever had. Also made some big connections that will be good to have. Getting better at guitar, which not being able to play has set me back more than anything. All great things. So 
good job, Heather. Way to stick at it with that guitar stuff go and yeah. making those connections, getting those co-writes set up. And last one for this, definitely not the last win we have under this uh, section, but Sunday Joe Graham says, one of my songs was selected for consideration for the NSAI Publisher Luncheon. Winning. And, of course, uh, man, all those have comments under. SJ. That's great. So all those have comments under where other climbers are jumping on, saying congratulations and and just carrying forward a conversation. You know, a lot of those Facebook groups are just people spraying and praying, and they like drive-bys. You know, they drop, here's a link to my song, and then you never hear from There's not much engagement. But I love seeing the new heights, and that's why we put it all in one spot, because people know to go there to see who's winning, to share their wins, and it's, it mans more conversation. And so that's what we love. It's better this way for, it's better. for everybody. It, it really is. is. We thought of everything. <laughs> I, I can promise you. I can promise you that. You know what I love about Sunny Joe is she is one of those climbers, and I feel this way about all climbers, but she's you know one of those people that has become a climber, and it's kind of been our honor to watch her climb. Yeah. You know, like she's climbed a lot. And and I think because she graced us with her presence, we get to watch that happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And hopefully in some small way, we've we've helped her with that. But man, that's really fun to watch that, you know. That is. And Johnny, on uh, speaking to Sunday Joe and Patrick Adams and Brad Hacker and Chris Descarino, um, I need you to say vulgar display of prowess. <laughs> Let's get him drunk. Vulgar display of prowess Sunday Joe. <laughs> That's right. So for those of y'all that don't know, you should be in the climb community to see this, but apparently they started a drinking game, or at least somebody suggested they start a drinking game. So every time Johnny says the aforementioned vulgar display of prowess, that uh, they take a drink. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's better than a high bob party. <laughs> and if you're young you're not going to get that but there was the bob newhart show and every five seconds like hi bob hi bob everybody say hi bob hi bob <laughs> that used, used to be a drinking game in college <laughs> make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you consume the podcast most importantly tell a friend about it if you're spending this kind of time with us on a weekly basis it's because you're getting something out of it so don't be don't be selfish man yeah. If you don't share this, you're selfish. You need to That's share right. it because you're keeping all this good stuff to yourself and you don't want anybody else to know about it. And that's not cool. You've got to give. give, that's right. give. Don't be selfish. Be else-ish. There you, <laughs> there you go. All right. So how are we going to beat this uh, monster here? Yeah. So if you're a longtime climber, you know I'm a big fan of Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. And he spends the first chunk of that book shining light on the enemy of all creatives. So songwriters, novelists, painters, entrepreneurs, I mean, basically of any human that is trying, wants to do something bigger and better and whatever. Uh, We all have an enemy. So we're going to dive into that today. And why is that? Because understanding the enemy will help us defeat it. And so this enemy is called the resistance. Mm. I'll whisper it again like Joe Biden. The resistance. The resistance. (laughs) So I'm just going to read some sections from this book and, you know, we can talk about it using kind of as jumping off points. But there's so much, so much in this little book that will kick your butt and I think make you better. And I have no skin in this game other than I want you to win. Uh, So Stephen says there's a secret that real writers know that wannabe writers don't. And the secret is this. It's not the writing part that's hard. 
What's hard is sitting down to write. What keeps us from sitting down is the resistance. So what is the resistance? He goes, well, here's a list. No particular order of the activities most that most commonly elicit the resistance. Their pursuit of any calling in writing, painting, music, film, dance, or any creative art, however marginal or unconventional, right? Any pursuit. The launch of any entrepreneurial endeavor or enterprise for profit or otherwise. And so climbers, you're doing both because you, if you want to be in the music business, music and business. So that's both of you, right? Any health or diet regimen, any program, spiritual development, any activity whose goal is tighter abdominals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that elicits a resistance. So basically education, all this stuff, taking a principled stand in the face of adversity. In other words, any act that rejects immediate gratification in favor of long-term growth, health, or integrity. Or expressed another way, any act that derives from our higher nature instead of our lower nature. Any of these will elicit resistance. So... Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's how resistant it gets. You poke the bear when you say, you know, I want to write a song. I want to get in the music business. I want to start a publishing company. I want to start a, you know, I want to be an artist and, and sing on stage, all that stuff. That pokes the bear. Now, what is the bear like? Okay, so resistance, it's invisible, right? You can't see it, it but you feel it. It's like the force, you know, but it's like the dark side of the force, <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's always there. It's it's internal. You might blame it on other people because the thing about resistance is it will make you want to play the victim. It will want to blame other people for why you can't sit down and write today. Why you're you know oh it's just or it, and other things like I got this big stack of laundry. My laundry is the enemy, or I'm sleepy. I went out last night. Well, I'm, my sleepiness is in it. no. It's it's inside you, and it. It never stops, right? It is my junk email folder is calling me. Uh, it is. Oh, yeah. Let's say, how do you make you know? How do you get a songwriter to uh, do the laundry? Tell them they need to write a song. You know, <laughs> true. Um, but it's funny because Pressfield he likens the resistance to like the shark in Jaws, to the Terminator, to the alien and alien, right? Like it is. It has one goal. And that is to end you. That yeah. is all it lives for. You reduce it down to one cell, and that one cell is going to try and kill your calling, your higher purpose, your art. Like, you cannot be reasoned with. It cannot be bribed. It cannot be talked out of it. Nothing is going to stop it. It has one mission, and that's to kill. And that's yeah. how the resistance is with us. It, it takes no days off, <laughs> you know, but it can be beaten. And so that's why we want to talk about not the to resistance, you know, the resistance is the resistance is so much more disciplined than we are. <laughs> oh, it never takes a day off work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. He says, you know, it's uh, resistance is infallible like a you know magnetized needle. You know, it's going to unfailingly point to true north, like meaning that calling or action it most wants to stop us from doing. Like mm-hmm. it will always try to stop us from what we're supposed to be doing. And it's universal though. That's the thing. I mean, hopefully you, like if you felt the resistance, like why am I doing anything? Like I'm scrolling through my phone when I want to write, like I want to, or I want to practice my you know, guitar. Or I want to do voice, you know, practice my vocal lessons or whatever. But here I am on TikTok still or scrolling yeah. through Twitter or whatever. What, yeah. what, why? Right. I felt that. I feel that on a regular basis. Like, wow, I just killed 30 minutes on my phone and I could have done a song title challenge. Why is that? I want to do this, but yet I'm doing this other thing. That's the resistance. Okay. 
it's yeah. universal. It's not just you. It's not just me. It's everybody deals with it. So hopefully there's a little bit of con- consolation in that, <laughs> I guess, a little comfort in that. Because that's the other thing. You know who else dealt with it? Rembrandt, Da Vinci, John Mayer, right? John Steinbeck, yep. John Grisham, John Stamos, all these Steve Johns. Jobs, yeah. Lamel, <laughs> Steve Jobs, like all these people that created things, whoever your favorite or least favorite quarterback is. All those they dealt with it too. Mine are, mine are the same. My favorite and least favorite quarterback. <laughs> same guy. Uh, same guy. Same guy. Depends on the day. So all those people have dealt with it as well. But you know what? Oh, they've apparently overcome it. Okay. That means it can't that means it can be overcome. It can be battled and you can win some days. You can win every I day. I think that's like straight up that's the secret to getting past ninety-five percent of the mucky muck that you need to get past to be competitive in whatever it is that you want to do mm-hmm. is the discipline to fight the resistance. Yeah. It's showing up. Um, here are a couple of things. This section, it says resistance is most powerful at the finish line. I mean, I think the resistance, uh, you know, and, and Pressfield talks about this as like is responsible so for so much misery in the world because like an artist, because he's a novelist. So he wrote the legend of Bagger Vance, which ended up becoming a movie with Will Smith. Uh-huh. Oh, Sorry, Chris. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, uh, he deserves so, it. Yeah, and he's written a bunch of books. Not, not old yet. Hasn't gotten old hasn't yet. Got, yeah, it hasn't gotten old yet. So it never will be. Um, but anyway, novelist, he said, like, I almost killed myself literally before I finished my first novel. Like, you're 90% done with it. And it's amazing the things you will do to keep from finishing that novel. Because like, that's that's the, that's that's not cutting time, man. That's it, the mm-hmm. that's where it's time to publish and actually find out. Exactly. And so that's he talks about resistance thing. being the most powerful at the finish line. <laughs> it's Oof. like, you know, I will let you get a little five yard dink and dunks every now and again, but when you get close to the goal line, I'm bringing in the heavy hitters and I'm going to do whatever yeah. I can. And and he spot exactly. So it's greatest when the finish line is in sight because you the resistance knows we're about to beat it. So it hits a panic button. It marshals one last assault and slams us with everything it's got. So the professional must be alert for this counterattack. You want to be wary at the end. So you don't want to, you can't let up your guard. You got to be, you know, that like step on their throat, like in, you know, karate kid, finish him, <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got, yeah, right. you got to have that killer instinct as a professional to say, I'm going to finish. I'm going to ship, as Seth Godin would say. I'm going to put this out in the world. I'm going to finish this novel. I'm going to finish this song. Like, it's so close. It has one rewrite probably away. Why have you not gone back to it yet? Oh, yeah. all i got to do is lay down the work tape. I'll get around to that. That's your resistance uh-huh. beating you, right? It's so close. Or, I, oh, I, I have my song, and I'm ready to start recording it. Why haven't I just booked a day yet? Oh, I got somebody that wants to write with me. Oh, they mentioned like we should get together and write. Yeah. Why have I not made that phone call? That's the resistance, right? Mm -hmm. It knows that you're close to the finish line. It's going to do whatever it can to stop you. And this, I thought this was really interesting. It said resistance recruits allies. So it says resistance by definition is self-sabotage, but there's a parallel peril that must also be guarded against. And that is sabotage by others. When a writer begins to overcome her resistance, in other words, when she actually starts to write, she may find that those close to her begin acting strangely. They may become moody or sullen. They may get sick. They may accuse the awakening writer of changing or not being the person she was. 
The closer these people are to the awakening rider, the more bizarrely they may act and the more emotion they will put behind their actions. They're trying to sabotage her. Now, the reason is that they are struggling also, consciously or unconsciously, against their own resistance. The awakening rider's success becomes a reproach to them. If she can beat those demons, why can't they? So often couples or close friends or even entire families kind of entered into this unconscious compact whereby each individual pledges, again, unconsciously, to remain mired in the same slog in which she and all her cronies have become so comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. The highest treason a crab can't commit is to leap for the rim of the bucket. Have you ever seen that? The thing about mm -hmm. crabs in the bucket? So, Climber, if you haven't seen this, they don't have to put lids on the tops of of these buckets where, like, these people that are, like, crab fishermen or whatever get these crabs and they throw them in the bucket. You don't have to put a lid on the bucket. Why not? Crabs are good climbers. They can crawl right out. No. When one starts to make it up to the top, the other crabs will grab it and pull it back down. Yep. So... Yeah, we all have some. Yes, we all have bucket crabs in our lives. So the awakening, the awakening artist must be ruthless, not only with herself, but with others. Like once you make your break, you can't turn around for your buddy who catches his trouser leg on the barbed wire. The best thing you can do for that friend, and he tell you this himself, he really, really was your friend, is to get over that wall and keep going. So the best thing and, and the only thing that one artist can do for another really is to serve as an example and inspiration. So you remember the remember the um Snoop Dogg gap? Oh yes, that's a great one. Conversation. I think of this and I like and looking at it through the press field lens, mm -hmm. it's <clears throat> with that last thing that you just stated where you're saying, you know, if they get snagged in the barbed wire. You know, you don't go back and help them. You have to get over the wall. You help them by inspiring and right. showing the way. Yeah. And then and then if they're supposed to get over the wall or if they want to get over the wall. Because ultimately it's their choice. It's their choice. They will get over the wall. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be there to share yeah. in the spoils. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they're, they're, they're not going to let the gap happen. Mm -hmm. They're going to decrease the gap by rising up as opposed to pulling you down. Yeah. You know, okay. and, and how many times have, have we seen that, right? Where you have not one, but like two or more worthy individuals who mm. are um, intentional about their craftsmanship mm -hmm. and willing to fight the resistance, right? Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden, you know, one goes over the wall, mm -hmm. and then that rising tide raises all the ships. Yeah. And who are they going to write with? The, man, the homies, you know, yeah. the, the, the people that you know, the people that you love. You know, <clears throat> where did um, Cole Swindell come from? Everybody's like, oh, well, it must be nice to be Cole Swindell because he was, uh, you know, frat buddies with yeah. Luke Bryan. Yeah. Yeah, still had to be a good writer and an artist, too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Still had to really want it because there was a bunch of other frat guys that are not. That were probably like, yeah, they were probably like, hey, you know, I play guitar and sing some at the, you know, at the house parties and stuff. Hey, Luke. Yeah, but you're, you don't have the goods. You don't have the work ethic. I can't yeah. just make it. Well, that was that Snoop Dogg thing, right? You can't mm -hmm. make people stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. And he's tried, spent millions. Mm -hmm. I can't make you into something that you're not. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like yeah. you, 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 you have to want to be that really bad more than for the sake of being it, but you have to want to 
be that because there's nothing else, right? Yeah. Like you, 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 you'll, I think writers have to write and artists have to be artists or they climb yeah. a tower with a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can't not do it. Well, I think uh, one of Presswell's points is sometimes they will climb the tower with the gun to keep, to get out of doing their art. The resistance will, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, the book goes into all these different ways that the resistance like will, I don't know. It comes out sideways. You know, we squash our creativity, what we're supposed to do, our writing, and it comes out sideways. We'll do all these things to avoid it. So one thing we do is get into trouble, get ourselves into trouble because it's a cheap way to get attention. Trouble mm -hmm. is a faux form of fame. If you can't be famous, be infamous, right? <laughs> How many artists, uh, writers, you know, singers, whatever, performers, I mean, they're train wrecks, why? Well, mm -hmm. it's a cheap form of fame is to be infamous. So it's easier to get busted in the bedroom with, you know, the faculty chairman's wife than it is to finish that dissertation on the metaphysics of Motley and the novellas of Joseph Conrad. Right. In other words, it's easier to get, you know, get in trouble with your wife, with your family, you know, sleeping with some dude's girlfriend than it is to finish that album. Yep. But yet you get to feel a little famous, hometown famous, at least. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's. Because ill health is a form of trouble, as are alcoholism and drug addiction, proneness to accidents, all neuroses, including compulsive screwing up, which seemingly benign foibles such as jealousy, chronic lateness, and all that kind of stuff. Anything that draws attention to ourselves through pain-free or artificial means is a manifestation of resistance. Mm. I'm drawing attention to myself, but the cheap way, right? I'm screwing up, all this stuff. It's a way of hiding. It's the way of giving in to the resistance is cruelty. It's a get, get this, get check me on this. It's mm -hmm. a protection racket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of doing it's a the protection work, racket, the things we will do to avoid doing the work. Mm -hmm. Let's do the freaking work. Really? What? It's so funny. The dichotomy of that, isn't it, Brent? Like we, we make aspire so ourselves to be well, but like even at a, at a higher level, right? It's like, mm -hmm. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
like, yes, why are we so hard on ourselves? But it's like you aspire to be this songwriter or aspire to be this artist, mm-hmm. which is in order to, and, and, the, and the, the good ones mm-hmm. know, the competitive know that you, in order to do that, you really have to be vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the protection racket comes in, the resistance comes in to avoid doing what? Being vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Like, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. a mess. <laughs> yeah, and we do so much to, to keep ourselves from, from doing the work. So like the whole trouble thing. What are you doing that, oh, now I've got this other stuff to deal with, all this drama. You know, Presswell talks about the professional artist will not tolerate trouble in her life because she knows that trouble prevents her from doing her work. So the working artist banishes from her world all sources of trouble. She harnesses the urge for trouble and transforms it into her work. In other words, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, how many of us are bad relationships? Well, not me. I'm thankful I'm in a good one. But how many of us have been in bad relationships just because all the drama, like almost drawn to it? Why so much drama? Well, because, you know, you can focus on the drama instead of on your work. Mm-hmm. Like, how you know, going out, drinking too much. I'm hungover. I can't really write today. Oh, that's convenient. Mm-hmm. Or I'm having too much fun. Well, it's convenient too. Like, so yeah. I, I would encourage writers to, like, okay, take stock. You know, what's preventing me from writing? What am I doing instead of this? And take a hard look at those things. Are some of those things just yeah protection racket? Is it is it a way to avoid doing the hard thing? Which mm-hmm. is a thing that we'll end up feeling so much better about if we actually do it. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, let's save you the suspense. The thing, why do you manifest the protection racket? Because mm-hmm. you're scared of being vulnerable. Why are you scared of being vulnerable? Because you're scared of being judged. Why are you scared of being judged? Because you're afraid they're not going to like it. Well, <laughs> yeah. guess what? Guess what? At the beginning, nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does. Like you suck at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody sucks. At the beginning, yeah, John and Paul, man, you know, first fifty songs mm-hmm. were horrible. <laughs> yeah, first fifty Beatles songs, horrible. You never heard them; they were never recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were horrible. They were and, willing to do the work. They then they figured out how to. Oh, this is how you do it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I understand how this works now. Okay, but the only way out is through. Yeah. So you gotta eat. You you, you cannot. It it is impossible, impossible to succeed without failure. Right. Yeah. So you have to eat the failure for breakfast. Uh huh. What is that? You know, failure for breakfast is uh, success for dinner. Mm Hmm. Maybe it might be success or failure for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but you'll have. Eventually, like dinner next week will be success, you know, mm-hmm. but that's the only way. Yeah. The only way out is through. Um, right. And victimhood, you know, the resistance is going to lie to you and tell you you can't do it because you're not in the good old boys club. You can't do it because you look different. You can't do it because you have this challenge or that challenge or, you know, whatever it is, you know, oh, you, you're not a good singer, Brent. You don't know anyone in the business, Brent. You know, you know, like all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to lie to you. It's it's wants to make you a victim and feel like you're a victim because that's an out. That's an excuse that lets you off the hook. Because why victims 
don't have to change. The yep. victimizer and, is the one and, that should change, right? But if I'm the victim, the I don't have to change. And the person you're hearing that from is victim. It's another victim. <laughs> yeah. Here's I mean, why you can't make it. Yeah. Oh, so we can now we can be friends, right? Well, now we can keep that, that gap close. Mm-hmm. And this is what we can do. But you know, if you go, if I let you go over that wall, you're taking my excuses with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're taking my excuses with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't want that. I'm pretty don't comfortable with that. You can think about it, but don't do it. Yeah. Well, that's if it comes from other people, right? And But it comes yeah. from ourselves, too. Telling ourselves yeah. that, you know, we're victimizing ourselves by calling ourselves some victims. Everyone has a hard road. But mm-hmm. if you let yourself focus on that victimhood mentality and, and why they aren't going to let you, just... What does that do? It lets you off the hook. Again, victims don't have to change. The victimizer is the one that should change, right? Because that way mm-hmm. I'm morally on the high ground. I'm I'm good. I don't have to change. It's you keeping me down. You need to change for me to have success. Mm-hmm. Oh, how convenient. And those are people. You, and just coincidentally, I don't have power to change other people. Huh. Well, I guess there's nothing yeah. I can do then. Yeah, there you go. Back, yeah. on the, back to the couch. Right. Time to crawl. It could have been great if the the industry just would have changed. Exactly. You know, somehow the the industry has done really freaking well without you Mm -hmm. uh, and will continue to do so. So I don't think they need to change. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, let's see here. What else? Resistance and being a star. I think this is interesting. So grandiose fantasies are a symptom of resistance, they're the sign of an amateur. The professional has learned that success, like happiness, comes as a byproduct of work. The professional concentrates on the work and allows rewards to come or not come, whatever they like. Mm-hmm. So it could be... It's not a destination. Right. Success is, the journey. is the journey. You know, yeah. so if you're like, well, I can't be an artist until, you know, I can... I remember one time a guy told me, he's like, I can play in front of like 50,000 people and that's cool. But man, I just, I just can't get up for playing in front of like 10 people kind of thing i guess you're not an artist (laughs) you know or saying it has to be that before i can take a step or i'm so worried about how do i get on the next tim mcgraw record that it defeats me from just writing the song today or with that up-and-coming writer who may turn into something or whatever no it's like success comes from doing the work you do the work today you're successful today progress and success and so you keep i think part of it is is putting off that happiness you won't be happy until you're, you know, on the next whoever, you know, Taylor Swift record or yeah. whoever it is, you know, Justin Bieber record. You're just not going to be happy till that happens. Well, good, because it knows it can break you. If that other stuff is beneath you, resistance knows that it can break you because you yeah, got to go through those steps to get up to that. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, so I was in Arizona this past week and uh, this artist that started working with Josh Roy uh I'm hanging out with his manager, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I, he hadn't heard of the Left Sits podcast, you know? Oh, yeah. So, by the way, I, I was to that Dan Huff episode. It was great. Oh, so good, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, that was really cool. And what, guess what? My favorite part of that was, by the way, side note, what was my favorite part of that interview? All the rock stuff, I'm sure. But what? Well, he had a, he had, he had at the end, he's talking about like where music should go, country music should go. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and tell us. Let's bring back the let's bring back the twelve bar guitar solo. Oh, I'm like, yes. yeah. 
Yes. Yes. That's it. You but know? also like feeling like there's room for that now because you don't have the bottleneck of radio. I think they talked about that too, well, right? That, yeah, but not for nothing. I mean, you want to talk about a blue ocean in rock and in country? Where, where Where's the last artist that was promoted as a guitar god mm-hmm. or goddess? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not, there's, no, there's none there. Yeah. Right, like if you go to a Brad Paisley show, we said this before. If you go mm-hmm. to a Keith, Keith Urban, Urban show, you're going to be in presence of greatness, and you know it on the guitar. Mm-hmm. But they don't market in like that. Why doesn't Brad Paisley and Keith Urban have a twelve bar guitar solo on every song? Look at this. You know, yeah. you already love me for my songs. Check right. this out too. And then guess what? You're going to have Gibson and Fender bowing down before you <laughs> yeah because that sells guitars and everything yeah. but anyway yeah i love that part of it but i was turning him on i was turning uh dennis petty is the manager's name i was turning him on to all these like uh podcast episodes from left sits with managers mm-hmm. and one of them is like germane to this conversation i remember i can't I, if it was i can't remember if it was who was it i think it was P- peter um I can't remember who it was, but it was an industry executive guy. And he was talking about ACDC. The first time that ACDC flew to Europe, to England, they were supposed to open up for the guitar player from Free. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. Who, on the flight over, they're going to go on tour with this guy on the flight over. That dude overdoses and dies. So close, yet so far away, right? So they land, and then this guy was like feeling terrible. He's like, oh, my God, let's just get him a gig. So this is last-minute shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They get him a gig, and he goes, they played two sets. And the first set they came out, and it was me the sound guy and like four people <laughs> yeah, in this venue. And he goes, but they brought the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bon Scott had um, Angus on the shoulders and they're, they, they, they were, <laughs> as far as you knew, they were playing in front of 50,000 people. Yeah. He goes, and it was the most, I, I, I just, it was one of those rare moments where in this crazy situation where nobody's there, I'm realizing I am in the presence of greatness, you know? Yeah. Like, this is phenomenal. And the second set, like, those four dudes left after the first (laughs) set, right? So it's a bigger tumbleweed now. But I don't know what the hell they did, Brent, but they, he said, they, they, the second set, the place was sold out. Like that, those guys just went and were like, holy crap, you got to come down and see this. You got to come. And then everybody was just like, and they converged on this thing. And he goes, and it was just like, a riot on the second set you know so it's like <clears throat> that whole thing like bring the craft no matter mm-hmm. who's there you don't know who you're going to be in front of yeah you don't know you know what's going to happen like it's it's there it is right there and that mm-hmm. is that was acdc they are not where they are today by a by mistake right that's awesome that's a great story yeah it's like you show up you honor the craft you honor yeah. that you do the work and yeah. that's the same if you're a writer, if you're in the room with a newbie or you're in the room with Craig Wiseman or Shane yeah. McAnally, whoever. Like, it, you know, if you 
Are you like, oh, I'm really going to bring it when I get in the room with Ashley Gorley? You're not going to get in the room with Ashley Gorley unless you bring yeah. it. You can't wait yeah. till then to bring it because you're never going to bring it in the room. And for one thing, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have that gear if you've never mm-hmm. hit that gear. So, yep. hey, man, if you're hey, if you're waiting on Ashley Gorley, treat tomorrow's co-write with your fellow climber like they're Ashley Gorley mm-hmm. and bring it as best you can, just like that. And that's going to prepare you for one of these days. You know what? Maybe you're Ashley Gorley. Yeah. You know, but you're never going to get there unless you treat it that way and honor that and do the work. That's so, right. Uh, which, you know, avoid the part, though, where you throw up beforehand because you're so nervous. If you can, you know. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah. And that's the thing. Another thing, uh, just kind of in closing here, you know, uh, it talks about the resistance never goes away. Uh, Henry Fonda, who's a famous actor, Jane Fonda's dad, so he goes back a ways. He was still throwing up before doing like stage performances at 75 years old. Like he'd throw up before uh, every show. Yeah. And so yeah. It, it, you know, it never goes away. Cause again, resistance, it can be beaten, but it cannot be totally defeated and, you know, killed off. Yeah. It, Barbara Streisand like, always had stage fright. Always. There you go. Jason It's like Jason coming back for like how many movies? In Friday the 13th, yeah. <laughs> like, you kill him. It's all right. He'll be right back in the next one, right? And where, that, do you think, where do you think the author came up with that idea? It's just thinking about the resistance. What does he look is. like? He's got a hockey mask. <laughs> got a ha- hockey mask. He lives to kill, and that's uh-huh. it. It can be beaten, but not slayed <laughs> for the sequel. He'll be back for the sequel. The, which, when's the sequel? Tomorrow. <laughs> it's like Friday Tomorrow. the 14th, Saturday the f- you know, Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th, Sunday the 15th, you know, like those are the That's sequels. Well, welcome to it. But the thing is, it again, those people, all the artists you love, they face the same resistance. But they it can be beaten. You can still do great work. You know, it's just because it's there and it will never stop fighting doesn't mean it has to win. And that is, in fact, the key. That is, in mm-hmm. fact, the key to unlock the door that gets you to do enough work to become the craftsman that it's going to take to be competitive. Yeah, exactly. And you can look at it this way. Hey, the resistance, you know, I can beat it, but a lot of my competition won't. So thank you, mm-hmm. resistance, for taking thinning the herd. Yeah. <laughs> right? Those other That's people right. that want to get on, you know, whoever's next record. Well, a lot of them won't be here in five years. Uh-huh. All or, right, great. There'll be another crap, another crew of people, another generation that wanted but the, most of them have fade away too i'm just gonna keep at it yep so That's right. <laughs> you gotta look at it the right way <laughs> exactly exactly good they're all facing it too i just have to outlast them but yeah, that's what I want to talk about. So, "The War of Art" by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, break the blocks, break through the blocks, and win your inner creative battles. So, it is a game changer of a book. I, I think on my next episode, I'm going to go into what the professional is. So, we've kind of outlined what the resistance is, and and I hope that you will take stock of like, okay, what's the resistance look like in my life? Like, what are the? How does it manifest itself? And by the way, if you clean out some of those things, it'll pop its head up in another way. It's kind of like whack a mole that way. You know, it'll take whatever form it needs to. So don't think like, oh, it shows up in this particular way. So if I cut that out, I'm good to go. No, it'll find another way, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to show up. But that's part of doing the work is keeping an eye on it. So hopefully this one will help you um, see what the resistance is, name it, so you can you can face it and realize it's not just you. It's everybody's part of it. 
It doesn't mean you're not a writer. It just means you're human, right? It probably mm-hmm. means more so you are a writer because if you aren't a writer, that's not your thing. So the resistance doesn't really care if you go right because it's there's this other thing it wants to keep you from doing. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, he actually, this, this is really funny. Somewhere in this book, he talks about like, you know, it always tries to keep you from going from a lower level to a higher level. So if you're working like Mother Teresa in Calcutta with the poor and the, the orphans and stuff, and you're working to feed the starving people, and all this stuff, and you're contemplating leaving that to go get a career in telemarketing, the resistance has no problem with that. <laughs> Yeah, it's will be like, open. Let me open the door for you. Can I pack your bags? All right. Here's 500 opportunities for you that that right. really are attractive. Yeah, and to go do telemarketing and maybe talk to people about their car extended warranty. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, if there's resistance to doing that, that might actually be a sign that this is what you're supposed to be doing. It yep. points to, if it always points to true north. Wow. Okay. There's that. If there's a door in front of me and it's locked, that means there's something on the other side of it. There's some way to think about it too. But anyway, I hope this is helpful for you. I think next, uh, so in two weeks, my next episode, we'll talk about the qualities of the professional, uh, which is a lot of fun to get into. It's from the same book here. So anyway, that's what I have for today. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you join the Climb community, subscribe to the podcast, or follow the podcast. Leave a rating and review, which we forgot to mention at the beginning, and tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.